The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. Hello everyone, welcome to The Fend, Series 2, Episode 7. So glad you could join us. This episode proudly brought to you by George's Fine Meats, Cherrybrook. My name is Adam Hawes. I'm joined by the one, the only, the great Gary Jimmy Jack. How is your weekend, dare I ask? Oh, Hawesy, it was a very, very quiet weekend. There wasn't too much to cheer about. But the footy was, I thought maybe it would be an ordinary weekend of footy. It was a fantastic weekend of footy. The footy was, oh, it was so exciting, even though the Tigers did get but how Rupees just come to say good day, but they, um, the Tigers were disappointing. But overall, I thought that the quality of the footy was was pretty good. Yeah, we will talk about your beloved Tigers shortly. That was another horrific loss there against the Sea Eagles. Plenty of news of the judiciary. I want to get stuck into that. Uh, we'll also talk very shortly about this new two conference system proposed by the NRL. Fascinating stuff. Firstly, uh, some judiciary results though that have come down. Jordan Pereira from the Dragons. Uh, he took uh, James Tedesco's head off at the SCG. On the weekend, he has taken the early plea three matches. What are your thoughts on that, right or wrong? Judge Jack, give it to us. I, I think he's unlucky. I really do. What? I, I think he was unlucky, Jordan Pereira, to get what do you get three weeks? Yeah. Do you do you remember the tackle? Of course I do. I saw it several times. You know, did you not see Tedesco step off the right leg, and he must have dropped about six to eight inches when he comes off his right leg, and he's okay there. He's caught him in the head, but if Tedesco doesn't drop, I thought he hits him around the chest. That's, that's how I saw it. I thought he's very unlucky to get three weeks. Is that tea in your cup or is that something stronger? Because <laughs> that's the most preposterous thing I've heard. I, I reckon he's lucky to get three matches. I, I reckon he took a big swing at I'm, Tedesco's head and he's lucky to just get the three. I, I thought there was certainly some recklessness about it, if not intentional. Well, there was, it was certainly it was an aggressive tackle. Um, Tedesco, if you've, if, I don't know if you've ever watched the tackle, if you slowed it down to see it, he's definitely, he's dropped about six inches. Like, not he making dropped it up. after it, that's He's sure. dropped about six inches before he hit him, yeah. and he's caught him yeah. on the chin. Of okay. course, if he hit him on the chin, but I think he was very unlucky to cop that, and, you know, uh, really, I think Tedesco, and he, ha- he has a habit of dropping in tackles, Tedesco. It's happened in the past, yep. and he's... Um, Okay. Yeah, that's how I feel. All about right, it. it's all Tedesco's fault. Yeah. Okay, um, Talakai. <laughs> Talakai from the Sharks, Vertigam. Uh, four matches he's gone for yeah. uh, for a shoulder charge, which many people loved. Yes. And who didn't love the old shoulder charge when done properly? But this one seems to have some contact with the head. Poor old Matt Dory from the Bulldogs. He was KO'd. Um, so he's copped an early plea of four matches. Are you happy with that one? Yeah. Uh, the way the rule is now, I thought it was a great hit, and I thought it lifted the intensity of the game. All of a sudden, oh, geez, everyone's going, wow, this is a great game. Uh, yes, in the way the rule is now written about a shoulder charge, he should have got suspended, but I thought it was a great hit. Um, he just glanced him on the jaw, um, and you know, those, they were very ferocious pack, that Cronulla pack, and Talakai, um, he's a great hitter, but he just needs to use his arms. Otherwise, and then It would have been safe to use his arms. Yeah, he tried to lift his side, but he just got a little bit wrong, and he's now paying the price by spending some time on the sidelines. Uh, Mika Ravalawa, I'll get that right, he yep. was um, also playing for the Dragons against the Roosters. He's taken a two-match early plea for his shoulder charge on Josh Morris. No arms used there. Okay, well, how come he only gets two and someone else gets four? Because there was contact with the head. 
Because there's contact with the head. That's that's has to be the reason. That's the reason. That's yeah. The, well, yeah. there's definitely a lack of consistency with the judiciary. I'll say that's all I'll say. Well, I'll tell you where the lack of consistency is. Why wasn't Pereira sent off? I know you're you're sort of defending his tackle, but in my opinion, it was just as bad as the week before with Jack Hetherington, who was sent off by the same referee, Ashley Klein. I I was just. It was almost like Klein said, "Well, hang on, I've sent one bloke off last week. I can't do it two weeks in a row." He should have. Hundred percent. You should yeah, have. I think you should have. Absolutely. Inconsistencies again. I think he said, "I've done mine one for the year." He gave, he, gave him, he gave him ten minutes instead, which yeah, I think was was light. Okay, now uh, news today of a two conference system proposed by the NRL. This would mimic competitions overseas, NFL, NBA, yeah, that yep. sort of thing, uh, which would basically split up your Sydney clubs in one division, and then you'd have your interstate clubs. Yeah, and the Warriors and new expansion clubs in the, in the other division. Uh, you a fan? Um, I think it's got a lot of merit. I think the fact that it gives you two teams of 10 and you'd have two complete rounds of nine, which is probably 18 games. So I think it has a lot of merit. It works well in America, the, the conferences. And I think, but if you went through to the next division, as we discussed earlier, I think if you have two teams from each division going through... Yeah, where there's a possibility that, that, that two Sydney teams can play each other. Because I should have explained, the idea is to have more, to bring back the tribalism, so you have more games between the Sydney clubs, i.e. Tigers play Parramatta twice, yep. which you wouldn't enjoy. That's good. Uh, Dragons, Dragons <laughs> versus Bulldogs that. twice. <laughs> Happy uh, with that. Yeah, South versus the Roosters twice. Build up those games. Because let's face it, as good as Melbourne has been over the years, Broncos in past years, the Raiders, uh, that just don't draw as many fans to Sydney yeah. for games against the Dogs, the yeah. Eels, I don't want as, to, as much as those local derbies do. That's the reality. Yeah, I don't it's, want to see the Tigers play North Queensland, Gold Coast, Brisbane at Leichhardt Oval or Canberra at Leichhardt Oval or Melbourne. I want to see the Sydney teams play. They're the yeah. teams that, that really I connect with and, and a lot of history there. So I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think I'm, that is. Yeah, I'm a fan of it too from that perspective. The, the closest thing I can think to compare it to was – Locally, anyway, it was 1997 Super League, which everyone hated. Uh, you had two divisions. You had the Super League competition. You had the ARL competition. The ARL was primarily Sydney clubs, mm. and there were some big crowds that year, I remember. There mm. might have been a few free tickets. Mm. Let's not go down that path. But it, the appetite for the winners of both those competitions to, to play each other was enormous. Yeah, I clearly remember as a young reporter in 97, everyone wanted an end-of-year match between the winner of ARL versus the winner of Super League. Yeah. It didn't happen, no. but there, there was such excitement about that prospect. And I guess that's a similar sort of thing to what we're talking about here with the two-conference system. But like you just mentioned there, I think in the, if you're going to have a Super Bowl scenario, you need to have the prospect of two Sydney teams playing. If you have the, the winner of the Sydney division up against the winner of the interstate division... It means the Super Bowl can never feature two Sydney mm. clubs, which mm. I think is a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, and back in 97, it was Manly versus Newcastle was the grand final. And in the Super League, I think it was Brisbane versus Cronulla, but they played it up at Lang Park. So there was a massive crowd up there for, for the Broncos. So, yeah, th there's a lot of merit there. And, and uh, the that Sydney tri tribal, that we're trying to get the game here in Sydney and to build it up, I think it has a lot of good merits. Um, yeah. It really, it's worth pursuing Works well with NBA, NFL, uh, Major League Baseball in America, all those conferences over there. So I think Volandis is, is headed down the right path there. Yeah, the game has changed, hasn't it, since 1981? It it's not just a Sydney competition. There. No. And we've got Foxtel, pay TV. You know, they pay a lot of money for the game. If we can if we can razz it up and make it a more entertaining, then I'm all for it. All right. Uh, watch this space. That's an exciting story. Not so exciting was the Tigers. What's happening in Tiger Town? I know we keep... I keep grilling you on this. Um, 
I'll, yeah. I'll put it to you like this. They lost 40 to 6 to Manly. They started well. They play well in patches of the Tigers, but then they just fold. Um, I'll put it to you. Is sacking the coach the answer? Does Michael Maguire have to go? Look, no, he doesn't have to go. He doesn't have to go. I think he's doing he's doing a very good job under very difficult circumstances. You know, Maguire, uh, you know, he, the, the players that have been recruited weren't the players that he wanted to recruit. And he's, he's stuck with these players. Some of those guys there shouldn't shouldn't be there. Um, you know, I think it's difficult for him. Um, you know, really, the trouble with the Tigers is, is is the recruitment. If you recruit the wrong blokes to come to the Tigers, then there's not going to be there's not going to be that that spirit that we, that you want to guide. The Tigers throw more money to try and fix problems than any other team in the competition. You know, they don't develop their own players. That they, they buy from other clubs. Really, it's very disappointing. In the eighties, we did we did develop our own players, but this you know, under Justin Pascoe as the CEO, it doesn't happen. You know, the money that they spent there on, on Reynolds and Packer and, and Mbai and, you know... Madalino. Madalino, Jimmy the Jet. Sorry. Um, Lua. Lua, Lua, sorry. I think Rack, Ricky Stewart was happy to drop, drop him off there at Leichhardt Oval just to get rid of him. You know, really, they just haven't spent their money smart. Yeah. And they're paying for it. So they need... Um, he's not the problem, Maguire. He just needs to get his head around getting the right people there. They've got young um, Jackson Hastings coming next year as a playmaker, I think he'll make a big difference. But no, I'm, I'm all for Madge. He's got to stay there. Okay. But he must be part of the problem because we keep hearing the same old things about this is what we're going to do better, this is what we're going to do better, and we just don't see it enough. Yeah. There's just not enough improvement. They, yeah. How can you how can well, you produce that game against well, Souths and then uh, yeah. come out and get walloped by Manly? You know, after 27 minutes on the weekend, the Tigers had completed 15 from 15 set of six. I mean, and they were leading 6-0. Within the space of four minutes, they're down, they're down by 18 points to six. It was absolutely... No, I've never seen anything like it before, how the game changed in the space of four minutes. Uh, and then it looked like the Tigers just... Like they just gave up. It just really... It was disappointing. It looked like they gave up and, and they just went through the motions and there was no... There was no will to get back into the game. It was That was very disappointing to see that again from the Tigers. Um, yeah. And some of the players, yeah. It was just so, so disappointing yeah, to watch. I can see... Uh... I can see the disappointment all over you. Um, Benji Marshall, letting him go there in hindsight go. was a, a mistake. I mean, I know it's easy in hindsight, but he's playing some uh, great footy for South at the moment, yeah. and he was shown the door by the Tigers. That's right, Adam. And, you know, he was let go in hindsight. They shouldn't let him go. Of course they shouldn't let him go. You've got to have footy smart people running your footy club. Nothing wrong with Benji. He was playing the same last year. And now he's got Wayne Bennett said, you know, he's a great player to have around the club. He knows how to, to complete sets. He knows what to do. He's a fantastic leader. He's no different to what he was last year at the West Tigers, but they didn't want him. They showed him the door. So really, there's got to be some questions asked there. Because if Benji was playing, you, you can, you've seen how one player, as in Tommy Turbo, can change a game for Manly. Benji can change a game like he did on the weekend, the way he played on the weekend, just by being out there. Players have confidence. He scored a couple of tries. He set up a couple of tries. And all of a sudden, they come back from, you know, they're down 18, 18-10 or something, or 24-10. They come back and win the game. Fantastic what South City did on the back of Benji. Exactly. Uh, just finally on the Tigers, though. I mean, if they get dusted by the Dragons, the pressure on Maguire is going to become immense at the end of this weekend. So yeah, yeah, he'll, yeah. Be, he'll be desperately hoping for improved performance from his team. Yeah, but yeah. That, won't, that won't fix it. That won't fix it. Second, the coach won't fix it. Okay. Uh, j- just staying with Benji, 36 years old. In my opinion, still not the greatest ball player in the elderly status, if I can put it that way. I remember one man who was older than Benji, who was just a magician. You played a lot with him and against him. 
Cliffy Lyons. Mm. What was he like to play against? He played till he was about 78. <laughs> He's probably still playing. Cliffy Lyons. I remember playing against Cliffy at, when he played at North Sydney back in, uh, he was the same age as me, he was about 24, 25. And yeah, he was a good player, but very sporadic and sort of come in and out of the game. And But yeah, he had talent. And by the time he got to, to Manly in about, or maybe about 1990, he's getting towards 29, 30, he was developing one of the best ball players in the game. And he maintained that level for, for a decade. I played Origin with Cliffy and Mick, Michael O'Connor just said, look, just... Just run anywhere, he'll just find you. Just pick a gap, any gap, and he'll, he'll just find you. I said, really? He goes, yeah, he'll just find you. And he does. I mean, what he did there with Steve Menzies was fantastic as a, as a ball player. And uh, he wasn't the greatest trainer and, and loved a bunger. He loved, <laughs> loved to have a smoke when, when he could at halftime or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he was ball ball player. Like what he did at uh, 92 Kangaroo Tour or 94 Kangaroo Tour was just amazing. Yeah, he's he's the, probably the best ball player I've seen. But what do you put his longevity down to? Was it the? Well, was it the? He smoked. He, he smoked. He drank. <laughs> hot dogs. He, he had hot dogs. I think just his. Just his. Uh, uh, he never he, got tackled, did he? He never got tackled. No, he, he was. He wasn't the fittest bloke ever. He just never got tackled, and he had that maybe just his his DNA. He just had longevity, and he could just yeah. see stuff other blokes couldn't see. But Cliffy Napper Lions was one hell of a player. Yes. Probably one of the best we've ever seen. Sure was. I never thought I'd say this, but how good was it to see the Bulldogs get a win on the weekend? Some emotional scenes, Trent Barrett and the players. It was like they won the grand final. They beat the Sharks 18-12 in a pretty uh, scrappy encounter there at Cogra. How did you celebrate? You went through a similar run in 1991 because Canterbury had lost their first six. They were staring down the barrel of the club's worst ever season. In 1991, under Alan Jones, you you were winless for the first eight rounds. Yeah. What, seven losses and a draw? A draw, yeah. Then you went up against the Broncos, and, and this Broncos team was actually quite amazing. You took them on at Leichhardt, massive crowd of 7,000. We are yeah. all the Tigers fans that day. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to run through this team because it yeah. was, uh, especially if I could find this team. Here we go. Uh, the Broncos, I don't know how you'd pull this off. You had Hoff, Hancock, Ranoff, Johns, Kahn, Kevin Walters, Alan Langer, Mark Hone, Kerrod Walters, Gavin Allen, Trevor the Axe Gilmeister, Andrew G, Gene Miles on the bench, Dale Shearer, Terry Madison. Yeah. How'd you beat them? No idea. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I've got no idea. Uh, but we let it sing sideline to sideline. That 14 was 4. 14 4. Alan James let it sing sideline to sideline. Well, we did. We just we had nothing to lose. We, just, we, we, we played without risk and just threw it around and... I think they may have underestimated this, but that's a damn good uh, Broncos side. Well, yeah, they, yeah didn't but, make, they didn't make the finals that year. That's, it really? was, that's staggering. Yeah, no, well, but, you know, I think we ambushed them at, at Leichhardt and uh, got a much deserved. We wanted, we wanted it more than them, and that's probably the thing that got us over the line. And same as the Bulldogs on the weekend. They wanted it more than the Sharks. Your old mate Brian Smith at halfback, uh, 10 points to try and three goals. Brian Smith, eh? Hey? Gee whiz. Uh, yeah. that, that must have been the best game of his career. <laughs> Because I don't remember too many other times he did that. Uh, he was going to be the next Ricky Stewart. Yes. He was going to be the Brian, yeah. Alan Jones. This man will kick it down the field, sixty meters, walk to a scrum, fellas, just like Ricky Stewart. Didn't quite work well, out. Didn't quite he, work. He had, good, he had a good day that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brian Smith uh, in the number seven for the Tigers. Time for Jimmy's code word: ten percent off George's Fine Meats Cherry Brook, and with your latest purchase, some of the best eating meat you'll ever find at George's. So I suggest you get down there and use this code word. Trent Barrett, there. Trent Barrett, because they had a win last That's week. That's two words. Are you sure? That's two words. So you're going to go Barrett. Just Barrett. Okay, Barrett. we'll okay. go Barrett. Trent Barrett. Okay. No, okay, I'll get two. I'll get two. Trent Barrett. Trent Barrett. Yeah, okay. congratulations. Win last week. You know, that 
They were on the back of the average 34 points scored against them every game. It's their first. That was their first win since round 19, 2020. And and Trent said it was the best game he'd ever played or coached or been involved in as a as a coach. That well, deserves to be George's. Geez, he won some. Code or, word. He won some Origin matches with New South Wales. Didn't he win a World Cup for Australia? I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, don't know. But anyway, this is better. Okay, fair enough. Uh, now, let's talk about the Eels. We love talking about the Eels. 46-6 over the Broncos. A keenly contested contest, this one. Yeah. Not really. Uh, Mike Asivo, a hat-trick. He was uh, devastating. Uh, well, let's talk about the Broncos. Kevin Walters has dropped his halves. Milford's back with Tyson Gamble. He's dropped Croft as well as Dearden. That's, yep. just shuff- that's just shuffling the deck chairs, isn't it? Of course he is. Yeah. So Milford's back from Queensland Cup. I knew he would be in a couple yep. of, you know, after a couple of weeks yep. out. He's done nothing down there as far as I know. Yep. What do you do with Tom Dearden? Because he's, he's a young player. He's signed with the Cowboys for next year. Do you leave him down in the Queensland no, Cup for good now? No, you put him in the team. You, you, know, you put him in the team. He's but going, he's not part of the future. No, he's not part of the future, but you put him in the team. You know, he, he's give his heart and soul for the Broncos. You put him out there every week. He'll be back in a week or two. Milford, it won't work with Milford. Um, yes, it was more more of the Broncos, more of last year. Actually, when they played at Darwin, I played at that ground. I played at that ground forty years ago against for West. We played um, really. Yeah, we played a Darwin side that had Arthur Beetson in the side and Kevin Stumpy Stevens. Seriously, seriously, yeah. What a trial match. In it, no, it was an end of season trip. West went to to Darwin and played, and, and we had to play a game. If they scored a try, we got a keg, so we pushed the bloke over for about 10 metres out to make sure he scored a try. <laughs> but I played against Arthur Beetson up at that ground because I remember thinking, because well, Arthur's running, popping the pop in the ball. I said, wow, the great Arthur Beetson. Isn't it great to play against him? I stood with him at the bar afterwards and he was about six foot six and didn't realise how big he was. Just the memories come back. As soon as I saw the bit of the, the scaffolding around the field and I thought, wow. I know that ground. Yeah, I was there 40 years ago. Well, that's a special memory. Yeah, it was a special memory, yeah. Did, yeah. You, have a, did you have a Darwin stubby with uh, Big Artie? Well, I had a Darwin stubby with Big Artie, a big stumpy. Stumpy Stevens was there too. Uh, it was a very close game. We had Johnny Rebo de Brassic was on the wing for us. We had big da- John Donnelly was there. So John Donnelly was there. Um, he had a great time, Dallas. We went out uh, crocodile, <laughs> we crocodile shooting. We went, went duck shooting and... We look at, I nearly got taken by a crocodile. What? I nearly got taken by a crocodile. Please, yeah. please explain. I was in the middle of this big lagoon and they said... In Northern Territory? In the Northern Territory. I had a gun with Have me. Have you not watched documentaries? Um, well, not, not, when I, not when I was 20, I didn't, know. Okay. And I'm out there and they said, when the duck starts to fly, that's when you, that's when you shoot your gun. So I've, I've walked out with Laurie Fryer, or they're at the bank, and I've walked out. In the water? In the water. Oh. And it must have come up to about my chest. You're kidding. I know, I'm serious. And all of a sudden, I'm about 200 metres out. Over on my left, and it's like about 20 metres away. This water just started shh, rustling on top. Shh, I looked about probably about 15 metres long, and it just started going straight out towards the middle. And the birds took off. I fired the gun at the birds. That, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. If it had turned to come towards me, I had to hit it with the, the butt of the rifle, and it just kept going out towards the middle, and I just turned and hightailed straight out of there. This is an amazing revelation. Yes. So you got no doubt it was a crocodile. I have no doubt it was a crocodile. Big salty. Oh, a big salty, yeah. And if it had turned and come at me, it must have known I was there because as soon as it started to move, the birds all took off. So that, like, that's my lasting memory of, um, wow. of Darwin. I don't want to get back there. Maybe. Could have, uh, could have all been over when I was 20. He must have been already well fed. What? Here's your lucky there. Oh, yeah, wow. I was, was, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. rattled by that story. Yeah, it, I was rattled too. I, did, I didn't go back out there again. What a revelation here on the Fen. Can we get back to the footy? Okay. Uh, Parramatta 
are taking on the Bulldogs. They always lift the eels. I think this will be another tight, tight game against the Doggies. So many great memories from me as an old Eels fan. I remember Eric Roth's try against the Dogs in 83 when he swatted off about eight oh, Bulldogs players. Took, at the SCG. Yeah, took Turby over the line with him. 1986, obviously, the grand final. 4-2, the only trialless grand final of all time. Uh, the last Parramatta Premiership. How good was that? The one that stands out for me is 2009 preliminary final at um, Telstra Stadium. I think it was Telstra Stadium then. It could be ANZ Stadium. Anyway, there were mm. 75,000 there. One side was Parramatta, one side was Canterbury. The noise was just deafening the whole way through. The atmosphere, I, I can't describe. And, and then Parramatta won through to the grand final. It was, uh, it was a tremendous game. He was played well. Mm. Yeah, I took my wife there. It was mm. her birthday. I took my wife oh, there. Oh, that's true. Is that a smart move? Or not? Very romantic. No, yeah. it's a great move. Yeah. It's a great move. Yeah. It's good. So, uh, yeah, look, I have very fond memories. I hope she was a Parramatta fan. Yeah, she was after that. <laughs> Everyone was. Jared Fever. Some that, not he, so nice. That, that was his run, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. That was his run. The, the best run of form by an individual player I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, did he score a try or two that night? I think he did. I yeah. think he did. Because I think Timmy Manor scored one. Um, he beat about Daniel six Mortimer. blokes to score. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was run. I remember, that, like that that Parramatta Canterbury rivalry. Like, who who would I rather play? Yeah, who would you rather play? Would you rather have been belted up by the Bulldogs or try no, and shut down the eels, no. the electric eels of the eighties? Yeah, we were we were more a chance of being beaten up by the by the Bulldogs than trying to match it with um, Parramatta. We couldn't match it with Parramatta. They were just too too just, slick and too yeah. good. So we could maybe out muscle them or hold our own in the forwards. Uh, which we did a couple of times against Canterbury. That, so they were a great side, great defensive side, great uh, structural team coached by Warren Ryan. And they punctuated the Eels, one at 81, 82, 83, and they went 84, 85 was the Bulldogs and the Parramatta come back in 86. So the Parramatta could have had six in a row there, six premierships. That's an amazing effort. Yeah. That shows you how great a side they were. But if not for Canterbury and Warren Ryan's defensive structures, they would have won six in a row. And the, the two occasions that didn't come off for them, 84, they lost to Canterbury in the grand final. Yeah. And in 85, they got thumped in the prelim final yeah. by Canterbury, 26-0. They're two of my darkest memories of Parramatta Canterbury games, along with the one I really shouldn't mention because it hurts all Eagles fans, the 98 prelim final where they lost an extra time. Mm. Daryl Halligan kicking mm. a sideline. Get over it, mate. Get over it. <laughs> Life's too short, mate. Get over it. Let me tell you. I haven't got over 80. I'm over 89, mate, so just get over it. Don't worry. Hey, I'm loving these little flashbacks you're giving us. Uh, <laughs> David Fafita, right? That second try against Souths yeah. for the Gold Coast. What a pickup he's been. Unstoppable. He yeah. must have trampled and swatted away about eight bunnies. Yeah. Who was something? Who was someone similar? What were down memory lane? Who, yeah. who was was a crusher, Cleel, Choppy, Close. They're two guys to yeah. that spring to mind for me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What were they like to bring H- out? Hard to tackle. Yeah. Choppy was all elbows and knees. When he got in the, the clear, he was very quick, very powerful. Same with Crusher. They're probably pretty similar. Um, you, you'd sort of try and position them, maybe try and hit them from the side if you could, and maybe try and put your head behind their behind their legs and try and snap them, just sort of bring them straight down because you couldn't get high because they were just too strong and too powerful. They just swatch off like flies. Um, growthy was the same. You just had to go around that, around the, the knee, back of the knee area, just try and go low and drive in and try and bring their legs together. Uh, Ronnie Rambo was another one. He was hard to uh, to bring down. Ronnie Rambo Gibbs, but uh, yeah, I'd say geez, Crusher was probably one of the hardest blokes to tackle when he was in the clear because he was just so strong. He was and like for feeder is incredibly strong. What's he twenty one? Is it all he is twenty one? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He's what what he did on the weekend was just like wow. I mean, how good this kid going to be when he stops growing? 
Um, not easy to do if you're at a fullback. Maybe best to let them go and then tackle them from behind. <laughs> Might be another way you can do it. But you know, the, 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 as good as he was, it frustrated me in the second half. Like, he dominated the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs, the only player they were fearing was was David Fafita. Mm. He, he, he just went missing in the second half. Mm. I know Souths had all the possession, well, most of the possession, but I just thought he needed to get a bit more involved because he was the one guy who was really rattling the Rabbitohs. Yeah. And in the end, they didn't have, they had nothing to worry about because he, he, he just yeah. was out on his edge think, and that was it. I think that's his problem. In the past, he'd sort of come and drift in and out of games and he yeah. did his bit the first half and, and didn't do much the second half and the other team come back and won. Like, how about South Sydney playing in the blue strip? I thought that was quite unique. It was like the yeah, New yeah. South Wales Rabbits. Yeah, the Anzac Strip. The Anzac Strip, yeah. that's what, yeah. It was, it was well, I, I actually found it confusing with the Gold Coast because Gold Coast usually have a bit of blue in their strip. Yeah, they weren't too dissimilar. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a, he's no doubt he's a great talent, but he just has to be more consistent, particularly when he gets up to representative football. But, you know, they, they say he's the best uh, schoolboy footy player that you know that they've seen in 30 years. So, like, he is something yeah. special. Well, he scored nine tries in the opening seven games. Mm. For a forward, that's just amazing. For a winger, that's amazing, mm. let alone a forward. He faces his old club, the Broncos, this week. Who's more pumped up? Is it the player in David Fafita or is it the club that got left behind the Broncos? Are they in there saying, let's give it to this bloke. He doesn't rate us. He left us. Let's get stuck into him. And good oh, luck with that, by the way. Yeah. I think it'll be for feeder. He'll be the one who'll be revved up because he left there and, you know, he's going to want to, you know, he's going to have a victory this weekend. So I think for feeder will be really, he'll, he'll, he may play 80 minutes uh, this weekend, dare I say, because, you know, he'll be spurred on by his teammates. Oh, it'll be, it'd be a great contest. But I think the player, always likes to you know get one over the opposition team when he leaves, if he's been there for a while. Yeah, they've already done it once, the Gold Coast, so they're playing the Broncos again. Uh, this time it's at Suncorp Stadium, so it'll be interesting to see the crowd reception. I'm sure there'll be a few jeers and also a lot of tears of regret. How do we let him go? Now, no. all the talk of fullback for the Blues, we've done a bit of that over the last few weeks. Gee, Tommy Turbo's come back into the picture, hasn't he? But you've got Tedesco, Pappenhausen. I'm actually really interested in the 5-8 battle for the New South Wales Blues in State of Origin. And as a big game, a key game this weekend, Cody Walker goes up against Jack Whiten, Rabbitohs v Raiders, Thursday night. Uh, Cody Walker's the incumbent. Jack Whiten played in the centres last season. That's a, it's a, that's a pivotal clash. Personally, though, from what I've seen, and for a combination point of view, I would go with Jerome Luai from the Panthers. Put, it, put him alongside Nathan Cleary. Like the good old days of Kenny and Sterling for the Blues, I think combinations are key. I think combination is key. And I think I think Freddie Fittler, that's what he's got to look at. Hasn't uh, Luai improved so much this year? Like he's put on a bit of weight and he, he's got to, he's really he's dominating now that, that left-hand side of the field. Um, I tend to agree with you. Not many times I agree with you, but I do <laughs> tend to think that that will help New South Wales because this Walker, individual player, I, I think... Uh, it goes well at South Sydney because the structure's there. Whiten's a big thing, and he's pretty dangerous from 10 metres out. He's not really what I call a ball player. So then you've got your seven and six together like Sterlow and uh, and Burt. I think that'd be a great combination for New South Wales. Um, we, we're going to need that. And certainly a little eye could, can hold his own against anyone. Yeah, and he, he got a taste of it last year. He was in camp with the Blues. Didn't get a run, but mm. so uh, it won't be foreign to him. Now, uh, so just finally, I mentioned this guy a moment ago, Tommy Travojevic. Wow. What, what a comeback from injury. This is amazing. Yeah. He has played the Gold Coast 
and your Tigers yeah. um, this week. He, go, he goes up against Luai and the Panthers, who are seven wins from seven starts. Is yeah. this where we really find out if Manly are fair income contenders in terms of playing finals footy, or is it a bit of a false dawn? No, I, I think they are a dead set. They're a finals team. You've seen what one player can do. He just blew them apart on the weekend, blew the Tigers apart. Um, he's he's the real deal. He's been the real deal for, you know, for probably five years now as Tommy Turbo, and um, he's just got to stay fit. You know, you just you don't know how good he is um, until you play with him. He, and he, he sort of always hunts up around the ruck. He hunts up out wide. He's such a big thing. He's hard to bring down. He's got so much pace. Um, you know, he... His form the last two weeks after coming back is certainly better than Tedesco's form. You know, at, right now I'll even say after two, he's the 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 form fullback of the competition. Wow! Right now he's after two games, um, and I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to get better uh, over the next two or three weeks leading into Origin. Um, he's, he's just an excitement machine, and you know he can do stuff that that Pappenhausen can't do. Uh, because he's so big and he's got the pace as well and he goes up for a high ball and um, he's just a tremendous player. And, and he looks to me as if he's a player who has a debt to repay. He missed four rounds for Manly. He saw the way they were getting smashed in the, in the media and from fans and members about how badly they were playing and he's come back with a point to prove. Yeah. And that's why he hasn't eased back into it. He's gone straight, straight in. Straight in. Crash, bang, wallop, yeah. And certainly if they don't... Pick him at fullback, which they'll probably go Tedesco because he's the incumbent, and I understand that he should be he should be either centre, centre, centre or wing, one of the two. He's got to be there, there or thereabouts. And I think um, they might move maybe White and maybe to another centre. I don't think they'll go with um, uh, the Paramount, our Paramount fullback Gutho. Gutho. I don't think they'll go with Gutho this year. I think you, you can cover it with some big bodies, and I think they need some big bodies in the centre. Yeah, it's tough for Gutho because he's been uh, playing wonderfully he well has for been, the Eagles yeah. again. Uh, time for Fender at the end. This is where we can get something off our chest, if so desired. Well, we already have done that a little bit, but um, you've got something in terms of the six again calls that is making you a little unhappy. On the weekend, I saw uh, the team has got the possession uh, inside their own 20. The uh, defending side is happy to give that first tackle away, so that all of a sudden it's six again on that first tackle. I counted six times on the weekend where the defending side would, was pleased to give away the first uh, six again, so they get their line set, and then away they went from there. Like ref, they should be penalised, they should be sin binned for for professional foul for laying on on the first ruck. It, it's getting worse as time goes by, and I don't see referees doing anything about it. Are you talking about when they're in try scoring position? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So right. it's happening both ends of the field. It's also happening from a kick chase. They'll just lie all over the player in the opposition's twenty. And, and gladly give away a seven-tackle set. Yep. Whereas I think the referee, instead of giving six again there, should say, you know what, here's a penalty. You can kick the ball 40 metres downfield because that's what the tackling team doesn't want. No, they don't. No. They don't want to give away 40 metres. No. They're happy to give away one tackle at the start of the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, yeah. To, as you say, to get your defence all sorted. And down the other end, if they're slowing things down to prevent a try-scoring situation, that's that's where the Simbin's got to come in. Mm. That's the only way they're going to learn. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, they need to do something about it because it's getting worse. As the weeks go by, and it's just a real pain in the backside. Oh, here we go. It's another six. And sometimes sometimes the six again can be like, I saw it was three tackles later. The referee allowed play on yeah. for three more play the balls. Then it suddenly called it back to the ruck because that's where the infringement was. And, and, There's yeah. some inconsistencies there. Yeah, there is. And, and that's what I think needs to be cleared up. It's just the interpretation because I hear a lot from fans that, what was that for? 
you know, at six again, fair enough, but what's it for? So we need some sort of signal, even if it's on screen, yep. to, to tell the fans, okay, there's six again, and this is the reason why. Yeah, and and also, like, Jake Travojevic and the Tigers, I'm not saying it would have had an outcome in the game, but he clearly took out the Tigers player who was who was in support, and he got he got penalised for taking out the Tigers player in support, but he didn't get any put in the sin bin. Which is a penalty. Yeah. Like, it's a professional foul. You go to the bin straight away, and they didn't do it. We could sit here all night talking about inconsistencies. <laughs> yeah, when, when it's but your own team, I suppose you notice. We it. have to wrap this one up. Uh, great job again, Jimmy. Oh, well done, you too, mate. You're on yeah. fire at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for downloading <laughs> uh, Series 2, Episode 7 of The Fan. We really appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, Jimmy Jack, we'll see you again next week. Thanks, Adam. Punt high and follow through. All the best. Good luck to your Tigers. Have a great week, everyone. Enjoy the footage.